0: Okay, have you got your Bibles? Go to Psalm 110, verse 2. I want us to take us deeper into what, we, what God shared with us last week. You ready for it? Some of, well, some of you are. In Psalm 110, verse 2, it said, The Lord will extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. We've been talking about the gathering, ruling in territories, taking new territory. But here the Lord says, when you're in Zion, you rule your enemies. Amen. Amen. In the midst of your enemies, you're going to rule them. Your troops will become willing on the day of battle. That's you he's talking about. When the move of Zion comes upon a church, people become willing. Yeah, we're not here then, no way. We're not in Zion yet then. You can see that. People's hearts begin to tune to what heaven's doing. And people become willing. Soldiers arise. Hello, are you with it? Is this the same crowd that she's been worshipping? Now listen, remember what I said last week? You've got to learn to respond and take what's coming from heaven. You know, when someone puts a nice meal in front of you, you go, oh, cheers, thanks, great, wonderful. Or some of you may not. Maybe you wait for that until after the meal. And if you didn't like it, you just say, well, okay. But you should thank someone before you have the meal. And then really thank him after you've enjoyed it. Amen. So the bread's coming from heaven. Paul read to us the scripture bread. Was it Paul or Phil? Phil. Phil read the scripture about bread. This is bread time. So we'll extend your mighty scepter from Zion. You will rule in the midst of your enemies. Your troops will become willing on the day of battle. Arrayed in his holy majesty from the womb of the dawn. You will receive the dew of your youth. God is is doing some reverse engineering where engineering where sickness is concerned. God is turning the old age into young age. Yeah, this is the dew of your youth. Do you know we live in a climate in the north of England, which could be considered to some as being wet, but for others it's stable. Uh, In that we don't suffer from floods. We don't suffer from snowstorms. A bit more would do us good, I think. Uh, (laughs) That's my personal uh, thought on that. You know, they don't limit us, they don't contain us, and they don't destroy our lives. But in other parts of the world, they wipe everything out. Yeah? We have the Pennine Hills to our, well, to my right, yeah? And they take a lot of our water for us. They take the hit for us. Don't they? And they say about Manchester's water, it's the purest in the country. I remember the times when you used to travel down south and you used to have to descale your kettle. Put tablets in your kettle. You did, seriously. Because the water was impure. But now we have clean, pure, running water. Now, a lot of, there's many third world nations would give their right arm for what we've got. Water is a valuable commodity. But what kind of water? Pure water. And we've got it. Manchester's got it. E, hey, Holy Ghost. Manchester's got clean pure water. Some say that Manchester rains too much. We would say, yes, it rains a little too much. True? But rains good for the land. Yeah? What God waters it grows. So <laughs> we got a lot of tall people in Manchester. <laughs> But my house doesn't shake. My house doesn't flood. I don't always need an umbrella. Though we have one in the car, I don't always need it. Taking all things into consideration, I don't think we have a bad rap. Do you? I don't suffer from hypothermia. That's good. That's good. (laughs) Whenever you want to go somewhere in Manchester, though, The tendency is to look up before you start your journey. True? Yesterday, I have the kids for the day, the granddaughters, and Carol and I said, where are we going? I said, it depends on the weather. It depends on the weather. Because the weather will determine what you can do and what you can't do and how long you can do it and how long you can't do it. True? And... You know, a lot of people today have their apps on the phone, don't they? So, or their apps on their iPads or whatever computer device you have, and you can gauge the weather. But I've got this theory about weather and I think the false prophets, <laughs> I think the false prophets, they, bro- they boast and they brag that they have some of the most is it, meteorological equipment, and up to date, and they can tell you what's going to happen, And yet they can't get the flipping weather right for Manchester. It's true and they tell you it's you know there'll be rain in some parts of the country well there's a great statement in some parts of the country that's kind of blasé that isn't it that's kind of vague i like to know on what street and what route the rain's going to fall that way I can avoid the sucker yeah but as we see rain clouds begin to we look up and we see the rain or we see the likelihood of rain so as you look up, you can chart your ways, because if the rain's too severe, sorry, if the clouds looking like they're too severe, you know rain is imminent. Yeah, and then you've got another. When you look up at some clouds, you think, well, there could be a possibility. Yeah, we better take our coat. We better take our umbrella, because it could rain. And everything's now done on a chance that it could or it couldn't. It might, it may, or it may not rain. And when clouds. Begin to form is because the wind begins to blow. And you can go, in Manchester, you can go from a no clouds to a lot of clouds in one day. But like I say, I'm not complaining because I don't think we get a bad rap. But please, Lord, if you're listening, had like a few more sunny days. I actually, think, I actually think we've had a great summer this year. I can't complain. I'm really pleased that we've had a great summer. And um, Philip was telling me last week, uh, Chris and Cass, lad, they get the two extremes. to get the cold winters and get the hot summers. I said, lucky you. But we, get, we don't, let's say, we don't lose our houses. We don't, our house doesn't shake. I get clean water in it, and I have, you know, I can live in safety. Amen? And what happens is, is as when we, look, when we look at the clouds and we see them gathering, and we think, I'll rush and I'll do a journey, in the hope that it doesn't start raining on my journey. But what happens when it begins to, all the clouds begin to form and you can see they're getting dark and you're caught unawares, you haven't got a coat on or no, you haven't got an umbrella. And then what happens is the rain just opens up. And what do you say? The heavens opened up and I got drenched. Is that not our phrase? Their heavens open, so we believe their heavens open up and something falls down. In our own secular environment, we use the phrase, "The heavens opened up and I got drenched." So that tells me that when the heavens open up, it pours down something. Something comes because there's many nations who are praying for what you're cursing they're praying for. True? And no rain can devastate a land. You don't have to go to certain parts of Africa to see where the heat has just taken everything away. Animals are dying. Nothing there on the ground. And you come to Manchester and it's the plenty. And it's amazing. You go around the world, you see feast and you see famine. We're blessed. We are totally blessed. And our confession... The heavens opened up, and I got drenched. Our confession doesn't always turn into belief, because when we say I got drenched, we're really cursing the rain. I got flipping drenched today. I got caught in the rain. The heavens opened up. Da, 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 da. Oh, how inconvenient we was. Where in some parts of the world, the whole tribe would come out and dance in the rain. Well, some people complain about the rain; others learn to dance in it. Yeah. But I tell you, the heavens are beginning to move towards us, and the rain clouds are moving towards us. And as there's going to be a drenching. there's going to be a flooding coming upon our house. There's going to be a flooding. Why? Because God is about to ch- take this house to the next level. And the, and the rivers of the Holy Ghost are flowing. They're moving. We've been praying about going to the city. When river flows, you can't control it. It's very difficult to control a moving river. And as the river starts to pick up momentum, it gets impossible. The river just takes over. And it has, it has a will of its own. And this is how Holy Ghost is, gonna, is going to move across the Dream Center. So far, you. what happens is, is, when it begins to rain, the natural response of any, or any human being is to dodge. It's to dodge the rain that falls. Because you don't want to get wet, which is understandable. True? And even if you've got the right coat on, you still would have an umbrella and prefer not to get wet. True? But in the spirit, you don't need an umbrella. You don't need a coat. You just need a heart to catch what's coming down and let it drench you. People are frightened of letting go and giving in and letting the Holy Spirit fall upon us. Once that rain begins to fall upon you, instantly the womb of the dawn opens up and you begin to receive the strength of your youth. Wow. Wow. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, look what happened when the heavens began to open up. When the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a wind came from where? Heaven. And it. what did he do? It filled the house where they were all sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, All of them were filled with the Holy Ghost and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them to. Now, we read that scripture time and time again, but I do not think we catch what was going on. I don't think we catch the full essence of what's going on, the full power, the magnitude of what was coming from heaven. First of all, we see that they were all assembled together in one place. It's so important, church, that we can gather you. When we can gather. Whether we gather on a Thursday through our authentic sonship, or whether we gather in our groups, or whether we gather here on a Sunday, it's so important that there comes a time in our life when God can gather his people. Now, we don't want to make your life church, church, church. We want you to have a God life, not a church life. Amen? I was raised in a generation where for five nights a week, People were at church. Man alive, like we needed that like a hole in the head. And even now, you still see a lot of churches meeting three and four times a week. At what point am I supposed to have a life? At what point am I supposed to enjoy my kids? At what point am I supposed to enjoy my married life? If I'm at church all the time, how am I living the Christian life? If I'm always inside some point, you've got to get out and live the life. So when we call the church together, we call together for purposeful meetings. Times of empowerment. Times of touching the Lord. Times of letting heaven hit our lives. It's so important that we can all assemble together at the right time under the right clouds. Amen? If you want to title for this morning... It's looking for the clouds, looking for the saturation point. Looking for the clouds, looking for the saturation point. When we bring people together, we are bring together because we see the clouds forming. We see God wants to do something. We see there's a need for something. God wants to do something. So we gather our people together. We gather the clouds together. And as we gather the clouds, heaven begins to open up. But not every gathering has God with it. Crowds can gather because people just love church. Because the program just to think church. I know that's not you. Some people just think church, 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 church. If I go to church, God will love me. No, if you live, if you live what God's doing inside of you, God God loves you. God loves you anyway. The importance and power of corporate gathering cannot be underestimated. They met together. They saw the rain clouds. Jesus told them in a couple of times, in a couple of days, meet here. Heaven is about to explode on the scene. They sensed in their spirit the rain clouds were beginning to form. And they were ready for the saturation. So they gathered together. There was an intensity to come together. Why? Because there was an expectation. And also it was a command. Go do it. The next part is we see heaven fell upon them and they were all aware it was heaven falling upon them. Yeah? Suddenly a sound like the blowing of violent wind came from heaven and it filled the whole house. Now if a wind came through this house, a Holy Ghost wind, would we not all be aware of it? There was a time, I forget where it was now, I think it might have been in Norway, some remote place. And it was in the 60s, early 60s. And I think I played it here one night, and the instruments were playing, and the wind of the Holy Spirit came through the church, and it was like a tornado. And the people, well, you could hear the people giving glory to God. They were screaming, but not in a fearful way. It was in a rejoicing way. They were giving glory to God, and you could hear this wind, and nothing was destroyed. Everyone was blessed. Blessed. The wind of heaven came in, just like you've been reading there. The wind came through, and someone had left the recording on so we could hear it. Wow. The wind of heaven came right through the church. Because when the wind blows, the clouds gather. And when the clouds gather, they open, and then saturation comes. So heaven began to fall, and they were all... They were all aware what was going on. See, when we meet together, we must consciously all be aware of what's going on. We can't just be singing songs. We must consciously be aware of what's, what's gathering in our midst. Last week, when Pat was listening to the word, the word came. Faith came to her heart. Something was happening. And as the word came forth, she grabbed it. It was all notice what happened. She already grabbed it before someone prayed for her. She learned to grab what was coming out of the microphone. You getting this? Learning to catch with the spirit what was coming. And I declared to her from here that the youth, her youthfulness was coming back to her. Did I not? I declared it over her. Faith hits her heart. God was beginning to do something. So when we prayed for her, when we said, is there anyone sick amongst us? Not if, is, she came. The elders prayed, other people prayed. She received the healing. We must be aware that something is, is, is happening in our midst. If we, if we come every Sunday like nothing's happening, guess what? Nothing happens for you. Nothing happens for you. The next thing, heaven filled the house. So it fell upon them and they were all aware. Then it fills everything in the house. Every vessel gets filled. You see, it's so easy to have church without God. It's so easy to have church without God. We can arrange a nice little homily, 15 minute, you know, pick you up, encourage you. We can have rituals. We can have the bread. We can have the wine. We can make you all come up and put little crackers in your mouth. Can't we? We can all make you do a little Jenny Fleck. That's not you, Jenny. That's Jenny Fleck. We can all do that. We can all bless you. We can all make you kiss the ring. We can have ceremony. We can keep the thing going and we can make you feel like you've had church. Or we can take all the restraints off and we can open up heaven and we can allow the Holy Ghost to flow and you can still sit there like you would if you were in the ritual. still sit there heaven must fill the house this is what makes a church with a difference heaven is involved we don't just want mechanics we don't just want preaching we don't just want singing we want heaven involved we want the power of the holy ghost we want his presence we want his majesty we don't all just want to we don't all just want to be sat there like you know like we've all been out We've all just been injected with a load of heroin, smiling. Stay conscious what God's doing. Don't lose your brain. Stay focused, stay connected. God doesn't want us all smiling like that, walking out like we're stupid. God works with your intelligence. God works with your willingness. God works with your consciousness. Amen. If anyone walks out of church like, just slap them, wake them up, bring them back into life. Hey. Hey. In the name of Jesus, back to reality, back to life. (laughs) We don't want the mechanics. We don't just want worship with just music. We just want heaven. Yeah? We want heaven must fill the whole house. Heaven must be filling our creche right now. Heaven must be filling the children's church right now. Heaven must be filling the youth right now. Now, if if every aspect of our church is, is saturated with heaven... Can you imagine what kind of house God can build? In many churches, they don't care what they're used doing. They don't care what the kids are doing. That's called babysitting service. And what they do is they put a TV in there so that you can all watch what's going on in here. Do. You? Why don't you minister to them? Paul takes everything. The girls take everything that we're speaking here and they find ways of ministering into, into their various departments. And the whole boats are rising. You flood the harbour, the boats will rise. So, so important that heaven must fill the entire house, not just fill this room. Amen. They visibly saw heaven. So they, so they heard it, they assembled, it fell upon them, it filled them they saw it. They visibly saw heaven manifest. They just didn't sense it in the spirit, but they saw what looked like tongues of fire resting on them. Can you imagine right now, if God opened our, if God begins to move in that way, and we see like tongues of fire resting on every one of us. That's like something that only Spielberg could, could make but God is better than Spielberg because God's the author of power. Spielberg was just a capture of what he thought was power. They They visibly saw, we need to see the clouds gathering. There must be evidence that the clouds are gathering. Yeah? If heaven cannot physically manifest in our midst, then people could not see it and testimonies could not be heard. We saw heaven physically move. In these last couple of weeks, we've seen heaven physically move in healing. That's just one aspect of heaven moving. Heaven moves in so many different ways. Right? I want to see the dead raised. Let's start with something here. The dead, spiritually dead and the physically dead are two different deads. Yeah? Yeah? You can die before you're dead. It's true. Spiritually, you can die before they put you in a grave. So let's resurrect some spiritual people and let's move on to the physical people. But I'm believing that we're going to see some dead people. Now listen, to get dead people out of a grave or a coffin, people have to die. The answer's in the clue. It's called dead. Then you've got to have the faith to lay hands on a coffin and bring them out. Now that's why you all sit back and expect me to do it. And say, well, pastor, you risked it there. And you all let me go down and you all turn around and go, he's on his own now. He's on his own. (laughs) And it could be your family. And the coffin lid comes off, you're thinking, no, I don't believe it. He's going for it. He's going for it. No, not on a day like this. Me nana will kill him. The family will kill him. Tell me that all these thoughts wouldn't be in your head. And at that point, you've just become, woof, he's on his own. Come on. And you say, then you all go, go back at us and say, he's a dipstick, that pastor of ours. Why should he have ever tried that and embarrassed us all? But guess what? What happens if he never tries? You all stand around the grave and go, he was a good man, she was a good man. Wouldn't it, Lord? We long to see the power. You've got to make room for the power and It's uncomfortable. Yeah, 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 yeah. you all saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. But your yeah is going to come. That's right. Good point. There's a reason why Jesus cleared the room. Now, there might be a next funeral where we say, excuse me, let everyone go. Me and the elders, we're going to come. Get out. Rise up. Wake up. And then wouldn't it be great when you all stood there crying? When you <laughs> and all of a sudden, we bring the dead out. Whoa. Holy Ghost. But you've got to make room for it. And and also, let me just say this, you've also got to know, you've also got to have heard from heaven. That's the thing to do. That isn't a time to try something and hope it works. That's the time to have heard heaven first. Yeah? If he says to me, Tony, this is an opportunity, this is Lazarus, go and get him out, you're thinking, oh, Lord. Why don't you speak to Phil? It's a good time to go and speak to somebody else, Lord. No, I'm asking you. If I've heard the word, then that's different. But I'm not just going to say, should we have a go? It's not the kind of place to go. There's a lot of time before that, from the person being announced dead to taking him to the crematorium or wherever it is you're taking him. You could have intervened and maybe prayed then. So I'm not suggesting we just go crazy. What a church with a difference, not, called church, not a church called crazy. But praying for the dead for some is crazy. Yeah, they visibly saw heaven manifest. They just didn't sense it in the spirit. They saw it, what looked like tongues of fire. We must be able to manifest Christ. We must, we have to. Then they tangibly felt heaven. They saw it. Now they tangibly felt, why? Because it rested on each one of them. Heaven wants to rest on each one of us. Hello? The dew of heaven that's falling from heaven has to fall on every one of us. It doesn't fall on a Sunday. Listen, if all you come to a church on a Sunday, I can't stress this more. And I keep stressing it every week. We are not looking for attendance. We're looking for a church that carries Christ. Every vessel filled. Every vessel following Christ, utilising what God's given them. Amen. This is just a, this is called power up. You know those electric cars? They get charged up, don't they? So they can go 140 miles on a full charge. This is a full charge. But you've got to do the journey, you've got to put the miles in. They felt heaven, tongues of fire resting on them. People must be speaking what's falling on them, people must be testifying as to what's falling on them, people must be carrying what's falling on them. This morning, in fact, the last couple of weeks, we've had testimonies. And the reason why we've had testimonies is because people need to hear what's happening. Yes? I came in like this. I, I didn't feel like that. But when I when I left out, I felt a lot better than when I walked in. That's powerful. It's powerful. I'm going to shout these healings from the rooftop. That's the phrase I keep hearing in my spirit. Shout it from the rooftops. Shout it. God has turned up, he's turned, he's reversed death. This is so powerful. The moment you ever become nonchalant about miracles is the day you need to go somewhere else. Because God can't use, yeah, I know. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. What do you mean it happens? You should be praising God that it happens all the time. People get healed in our midst. Yeah? They inwardly experienced heaven. So they were all assembled together, heaven fell upon them, heaven filled the entire house, they all saw it visibly, they tangibly felt it, and they inwardly experienced it. Why did they experience it? As we go back to the scripture. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire separated and rested on them, and each one of them were filled with the Holy Ghost, and they all began to speak in other tongues. It's time that we get everyone filled in here with the Spirit. Everyone must be speaking in tongues. Why? Because this is what God wants for us. I was raised in a church where they wouldn't, they wouldn't preach that. They wouldn't believe it. They didn't believe it. They believed it. it was only for the disciples. says where? God wants everyone to be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. Tongues is a language that helps you communicate with heaven. If it wasn't a language that God didn't want you to have, he wouldn't give it. Amen? He wouldn't give it to you. Some people say, well, I'm not, I'm not spiritual enough to experience, experience it. Guess what? It's nothing to do with your experience or your level of spirituality. It's God's will that you should be filled with his power. Nothing to do with you. The heavens open up. The dream center must catch it. The dream center must release what she catches. Yes? Well, see, when heaven opens up, it's so that you can receive things that naturally you couldn't receive. Pat went to the hospital. Andy went to his doctors. They told Pat, well, you know the, you know the prognosis. You know where you're going, don't you? I mean, you'd like to slap that guy right there, wouldn't you? And call it a holy holy slap. I mean, that's what they call it, palliative care. (laughs) But God, all what God was doing, what Pat didn't realize, and what Andy didn't realize, and what George didn't realize, and what you don't realize, is the clouds are gathering. Because you get so caught up with the bad news, you don't see what's gathering above you. Look up. Look up. First thing that the angel says, look up, that's where he went. He's not here. He's not here. Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He who was here has risen. He's gone. He's up. He's coming back again, don't worry. That's what he told them. Look at the clouds. Don't look at Manchester clouds. I look now, I see a blue sky. They outwardly Last point on this axe, they outwardly began expressing what had filled them. Church, I cannot stress this enough. God is falling upon us, not so we can keep it inside the church. It must be carried beyond the walls. Got to be, has to be. Because the moment you stop taking it outside, God will turn the tap off. You know, I know that. We've got history on our side. We see moves all around the world. The problem with the move of God is not the move. The problem is the people. The problem is the people want to control what's coming down from heaven. So God turns the tap off. And then all they get, listen, do you know a bad tap when you see a bad tap, don't you? What does it do? It drips. All a lot of churches have a drips drips it's not the full flow they've learned to capture and they've learned to do to work in a certain environment but they never get the fullness it's so easy as a church to get the drips and think that God's blessing us and it's a form of blessing but it's not the full blessing do you know it's almost like you know that game show come and look what you come and look what you could have won yeah the fullness is behind the curtain but you took home a few prizes you just didn't take home all that you could have took home. And that's, that's it. Heaven's got a star prize, But we don't want to just, you know, some people are happy taking home a knife set. Some people are happy taking home a new iron or a new hoover. Or some new tools that they're never going to use. But when the boat was behind the curtain and the caravan and the £10,000 was behind the curtain, you think, can I exchange it now for me duff iron? and my cheap tools. You were happy with your tools, but when you realized what you could have had, guess what? You feel you feel now let down. Do you not? If we can capture the saturation point, then God can literally do anything he wants. It's not enough. Just to, Pastor Karen, when she came last year, Was it last year or the year before? I can't remember. She said, I really feel like there's a balloon over the church. She said, and it just takes a pin and the whole lot's going to come. So what's that? She's telling us the clouds are gathering. The clouds are gathering and it doesn't take, you know when the clouds go really black, it's almost like you feel at any second they're just going to boom. And if you're underneath it, you're gone, you're gone, right, you're absolutely drenched if the heavens open and, and where we're at right now, we just sense that, we're just almost there, the drip has come but it's not the fullness, yeah, so when we see in Acts chapter 2 verse 14, he said, then Peter stood up with the eleven. So now the Holy Ghost has hit them. The room's been filled. They've seen the tongues of fire. They've witnessed it. They're speaking in tongues. This is the next level they go to. Then Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Now they're taking it out the room outside. Yeah? Yeah? Fellow Jews, he said, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain to you. Listen carefully to what I'm about to say. And then he goes on the discourse historically, how Joel speaks and how the Bible speaks prophetically of that day they're experiencing. For surely God does nothing without first revealing it to his prophets. And God was showing them that the prophets had spoken. And God had fulfilled what the prophets had spoken. God is a God of his own word. He won't, He can't catch him out. And here he was, he was. He was fulfilling what had been spoken. Now Peter grabs this in his spirit and he goes to his own countrymen and he begins to tell them that which they're seeing is not unusual. Why? Because it's what the prophets told us would happen. So when other people come into our lives and we hear the word of God being spoken to our lives, it's so that we can get ready so we can watch the clouds get under the clouds. We're not trying to dodge the clouds. We're trying to stay under them. Amen. We're not looking for our umbrellas. Weather patterns are progressive. Have you noticed? Yeah. Clouds begin to form. Right now, I see blue clouds in the middle over Jenny, over Andy and over Linda. But over here, I see I see grey clouds. But towards where Z is and what I'm looking, I see white and blue. That must be city. It must be a sign in the sky. <laughs> right? Blue and white. Then you've got blue, then you've got, you got off-color white, right? These are the shades. This is Manchester weather. And if I could look over there, there might be a dirty, great black one over there. This is Manchester. We're surrounded by clouds. Clouds go darker, have you noticed? The sky becomes black. Drops of rain begin to fall. Have you ever noticed sometimes when you see the clouds forming and yet you get a little shower, but you know there's a lot more there? Don't you? And the shower was the warning. (laughs) There's more coming. If you don't run like hell, I'm going to get you. Sometimes God allows us a little shower to see how you respond. And if you can't respond to a shower, then God is not going to give us the fullness. Amen. Drop, you know, it drops. Have you noticed when the rain begins to drop, it picks up pace. Right, we're in that point now where we need to pick up the pace. Yeah. Pick up the pace. This is why the archers stand strong. Yeah. Hey, hello church. Yeah. Pick up the pace. Push in. Lift up. Draw down. Push in. Draw, lift up. Draw down. That's the language of the spirit. Step into the spirit. Lift him up. Draw him down. But you've got to step in. Can't be doing the okey-cokey. Saturation point comes with maximum flooding. Maximum flooding. Now, you see, any one of these stages, a church or a person can encounter. Yeah? But how do we gauge the weather patterns over our life? You know, prayer helps us to gauge what's going on. Prayer 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 really helps us to gauge what the holy spirit is doing and what we're sensing in our spirit see by through praying in the spirit we begin to sense that the clouds are coming we begin to feel on the inside sense on the, on the inside we get an inner awareness as to what god and the holy spirit is about to do but those people who don't have a prayer life never know what weather pattern is outside But the weather pattern's carried on the inside. This is where the Met Office is. Inside. So as it comes to me, as the word comes from heaven, I can speak out and make known the weather pattern. Do you understand that? So if I say, God is healing, God wants to release healing or he wants to release a blessing. I'm telling you what is coming from heaven, that's the weather pattern. And as you begin to hear the weather pattern, you begin to adjust yourself to align under what's coming. And as you begin to read and pray yourself, God begins to speak to you. See, what God gives to me for us is for us as a house. Okay? What God gives to you is for you. Now, if I come up by the Spirit of the Lord and I prophesy individually, then that's for you. But what I speak is for the house. What each individual captures, you all capture differently. Yes. You understand differently according to how you walk and who you walk with. So when, when I speak, I speak for the house. But when God speaks to you on a Monday to, you know, to Sunday, God speaks to you. You must have that relationship with him. So when you hear what God speaks in the house, it's already witnessing with what God's speaking to you. My voice can't be the only voice you're hearing. That's dangerous. Your phone must be, in, should say your heart must be an in internal, you must develop the app on the inside. You must know the app on the inside. App is, is a computer software that you can use to download certain things. So we must be able to, to have a, you know, a walking understanding of, right now, I know where we are as a church. I can tell you the weather pattern. I can see the clouds beginning to form. I know that we crossed over. We're now entering through the Gadarenes territory. Yes. Sickness is a form of, of, of a demonic uh, resistance. That's just one form. So I know the weather patterns are forming so that we can push him out of our way. Sickness is not going to kill us. Sickness is not going to hinder us. Why? Because there are devils to fight. There are wars to fight. There are giants to take down. There are cities to take with you and me. Can you imagine if we all got sick overnight and we all died, God would have no church. We're not going to allow that. We're not going to allow that. Yeah? Like I say, the weatherman is a false prophet. Not all of them, but some of them. Yeah? We must, in order to measure what God is doing, listen, with us, Through us and over us, we must gather prophetic and spiritual evidence. In order to measure what God is doing with us, through us and over us, we must gather prophetic spiritual evidence. Is there evidence in your life that the rain clouds are forming over you? There must be I'm not talking about bleak now. I'm talking about, do you feel and sense that you're walking under an open heaven? Do you, do you feel and you sense, is there evidence that God is backing you? You must, every believer must have some form of evidence that God is backing. Actually working with what they're doing rather than just saying, well, I just believe he's there. I I know he loves me. Yes, that's already settled. Stop being immature. Let's Let's get real. What's the evidence? What's the evidence that God is backing what you're doing? There must be evidence. Because if there's no evidence, stop doing it. Stop doing it. Now, go to 1 Kings, if you will, chapter 18, verse 41. 1 Kings, chapter 18, verse 41. And Elijah said to Ahab, "'Go, eat and drink, for there is sound of a heavy rain.'" So Ahab went off to eat and drink. What did he do? Go to eat and drink. "'But Elijah climbed on the top of Carmel, "'bent down to the ground, and put his face between his knees,' Go and look to see, he told his servant, and he went and looked. There is nothing there, he said. Seven times Elijah said, Go back. Then the seventh time the servants reported, A cloud as small as the man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, Go and tell Ahab, itch up his chariot, and go down before the rain stops. Meanwhile, the sky grew black, and with the clouds, the wind rose, and a heavy rain came on, and Ahab rode off to Jezreel, and the power of the, uh, the power of the Lord came upon Elijah and took in his cloak inside his belt. He ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Yeah. The weather report. The weather report is so crucial in our lives. There has to be evidence. Surely God does nothing unless he first announces it to his prophets. Elijah's a prophet. And God allows Elijah to speak what, what heaven's doing. And it's a sunny, clear day. No rain clouds in the sky. But he says, prophesy the rain's coming. Yes, that's right. Prophesy the rain's coming. So God wants to send something towards a, group, to a person, towards a nation. So what he uses is prophecy to release it from heaven. Yes. Prophecy is only agreeing With what heaven is speaking. So when you catch it in your spirit. You can then speak it out on the earth. But if it's not God. If it doesn't get spoken out. Then heaven can't warn people. Or encourage people. So God has to speak. That's my job. Another's job, who speak with this microphone, is to hear what heaven's saying and make it known to you. The weather report is: though your clouds, though it doesn't look like it's it's going to rain, it is rain. Rain's on its way. The weather report says the rain is on its way. So Elijah tells Ahab, and what does Ahab do? Continues eating and drinking, just like so many Christians do. The prophetic word comes and they carry on eating and drinking. And because they don't see it, they carry on doing the the things they do. And they make no preparations in their hearts. Don't make any decisions to move towards what the prophetic word says. And then they get drenched. If I tell you, I should say, if you lived in the Philippines and you heard on the radio a storm's coming. If you were in the Philippines, what do you think you'd be doing? You'd be battling down the hatches. You'd be making preparations for what's coming. And if it didn't come, you'd say, Thank God. Because when it rains in that part of the world, boy, does it rain. When the winds come, the tornadoes come, boy, does it destroy things. Those people take it serious. Why? Because they've got evidence. They've got evidence. The church just continues eating and drinking and not heeding the prophetic word. Church, stop it. Let's stop that today in this house. Let's put an end to that kind of, let's respond to what's coming from heaven. We must, must, must capture. We must, must, must respond. Corporately, must respond. When Jesus told all those disciples, all those he told, all turned up. Not one of them said, well, I'm sorry, I can't, I'm busy. They all obeyed. They all fashioned themselves to what God was saying. They all aligned themselves up. So must we. You see, if we've got a mentality of just church only and not kingdom, you'll never change your life. How God can use your life is not in here. God will use you outside. Wow. Wow. Elijah claimed, what did Elijah do? He climbed even higher. He climbed to the top. Yeah? And he bowed down. So the first thing he did is when, when the word comes, is you bow down, oh, Father. Father, my God, I realize heaven's about to do something and it wants to use me. It's including me. And the first thing he does, he bow down in reverence to the Lord and begin speaking, praying in the spirit. That's what must be our response soon as we hear heaven begin to speak to us, we bow down and say, Father, I receive your word. Father, I pray right now that your word will come to pass. Father, with every fiber in my being, I pray that this word will capture my heart. It will capture your household, Lord. It will begin to turn our lives around, oh God. Lord, for the king and his kingdom, this word can go beyond our house. This word can touch transform a City. This word can touch and transform a nation. Oh God, what's about to come? Use us, oh God. Instantly, he goes to the floor. He bows down and begins to pray. He senses what God is about to do. This is the the intensity of his heart. But there's no evidence on the outside. But he's carrying the evidence on the inside. He's not moved by what he sees. He moves by what he's been told. and And what he believes in his heart. Amen? So Elijah tells his servant, go to the sea. Go to the sea. His servant is gathering evidence as to whether the prophetic word is coming to pass. And he's checking on the latest weather report. This is everyone's role in the dream center. To say, I see it, Lord. Though I don't see it on the physical. I believe it in my spirit. I've captured it in my heart. I believe it. Keep bowing down and praying. Keep believing. And then the Lord will say to you, even this week, do you believe it? Do you believe it? And you say, I don't see it yet, Lord. I haven't got evidence. But do you, I didn't ask you what you see. I asked you, do you still believe it? And he's asking. He's asking. So when, we, when, when the word comes and then the Lord says to us, tell the people to go and check this week. Pray in the spirit this week. And then the Lord says, have you seen it? You say, well, I didn't even get time to pray this week. I was busy. What? That's not the mind of a servant. A mind of a servant, hears the word, responds. So Elijah said, how many times did Elijah say it? Seven times. Seven times. One for every day of the week. One for every day of the week. Seven times. So he got up Monday. Have you seen it yet, Gehazi? Go and look. And you can imagine, guys, saying, I'm flipping sick of looking. You know tomorrow it's not going to be there. So Gehazi is not working in faith. But every day he's bowing down. Every day he's saying today's going to be the day. The clouds are on its way. Don't worry. The clouds are on its way. They keep telling us the economic disaster's on its way. They keep telling us a lot of things are on its way. But some of us bow down. Some of us can hold the clouds, the negative clouds. Some of us have the technology to, re- to release something, to counteract. Though we don't see it, I believe our nation is going to get stronger. I believe the tree of side is going to affect the whole generation. I don't see it, but I believe it. I've captured it. It's going to happen. I don't see it. I've not seen it this year, last year. I didn't see it the year before, but I keep prophesying like, like Elijah. I keep prophesying, Lord, this is going to be the year. Someone's got to keep speaking. It gets weary. He gets weary. You're trying to converse, convince the servants all the time. You're trying to convince the servants all the time. Do you see it? No. Fingers up the nose. No. They just don't see what's going on. They haven't captured what's going on. But God says, You keep your heart, Tony. You keep praying. You keep preaching. That's your job. I, my job is to help them. I'll, if they'll see it. Those who'll see it will see it. Those who won't won't. Your job is to keep speaking. Don't do what Moses did. Don't lose heart. Don't crack, him with, don't crack him with a stick. Just keep speaking. God will do it. Why? Because he says, Tony, I'll build the evidence in front of you. I'll build the evidence in front of you. So the last three, the last three weeks or four weeks, the evidence has been slowly coming in front of us. So we can stand there and say, we can boast in God and say, there's our evidence. There's our evidence. He had faith to keep on proclaiming it. The the servant had patience to keep on going. Church, is there any servants out there who need some patience? Well, you keep telling us this word's going to happen, Pastor. We ain't seen it. Keep going. Your job as a servant is to keep on doing what Elijah tells. Keep on doing it. Keep on believing. Yeah? Yeah? The Lord will suddenly come in our midst and go. And then he says this, a cloud the size of a man's hand is on its way, said the servant. Mm-hmm. At last, the servant, he says, Harley, flipping loot ya. Mm-hmm. It's there, I see it. Now what we don't know, whether it was always there and he didn't see it. What mm-hmm. we don't know that. Whether it was always there and maybe he was waiting for him to catch it. Because mm-hmm. he's praying and believing, Elijah sends him out. So what he can't see, Elijah can't tell everyone else. He can't tell Heab. So maybe God's waiting for you to see some things, but it's always there. Because you know why it's there? Because we see it. But some of the servants go out, what, what, what? Oh, it's, it's, uh, no, it's a, blue, it's a blue sky. Now, a blue sky in Israel isn't strange. Blue skies in Africa is not not, not Strange. Blue skies in Manchester, very, very strange. He keeps saying, go, go, keep doing it, keep doing it. A cloud the size of a man's hand is on its way. The prophet's role is to keep speaking until it becomes visible in everybody's eyeline. And then lastly, he said, go and tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot because rain is coming. God was merciful to the guy who just fed himself and and drank himself silly. Hey, Ab, now it's time to get up. Hitch up your chariot. What's God been saying to you? Open your chariot. No, we're not trying to run ahead of the... They were trying to get away from the rain. What God's telling us is to get under it. Hitch up your chariot, get ready. So hitch up your chariot for some of you and open your chariot. For some of you, you need to open up your chariot and let this word in. Amen? Wow. I met, someone with, I met with someone this week and they were astounded by, by what God is doing in our house. When you tell them, you feel the boldness of God come. Wow, you can boast in God what God's doing in our midst. The evidence is beginning to appear. Like Elijah, we bow down. Like Elijah, we prayed. And the Jew of heaven has been withheld. And then all of a sudden, God begins to announce us in our a, in a season that the dew of heaven is about to break. But do you see it yet? Do you see the full evidence of it? No. You see part evidence. You see part evidence, but it's enough to know it's, it's here. Now, I don't want it to become a shower. I want it to become a deluge. Amen? You sure? So you've got to get yourself under that spout and say, like Elijah, bow down and say, Lord, As the word has come from the pastor's mouth, as the word has come from heaven, I take this word, oh God. And then you start beginning to pray, Lord, put everything behind this word. Make it become a reality in my life. Make it become a reality in the dream center. Make it, Lord, it it must go beyond us. It cannot just come into the church and stay in the church. God, I'm gonna become a vessel. I'm gonna speak about it in my workplace. Listen, don't just shout about your healing in here. You cannot just get your healing in here and just say, well, I just want to give testimony to God and go back to a quiet life. If you've been healed, go and tell people. Go and bring them in here. Give them a chance. Let your healing become an opportunity for them to receive Christ. Let them see what your God is doing. You become the testimony. You present the evidence to them and then go and show them. You can pray for them where they are, they'll let you. And if they won't let you pray for them, that's fine. Bring them to the house. But you be the light. You tell people what God's doing. Because if you just keep bringing them on a Sunday, then you're leaving it all to us. You must go out. You must tell people, if God is healing, bring him here. Bring them. Let them see the dream of the king. Make known to them the dream of the king. Let's stand to our feet. Heavenly Father, let's open our hearts as we finish. Heavenly Father, we want. We want more. Lord, we see the clouds are gathering. The weather report over the house is changing. Father, we thank you. For what you've been you've been doing in the last couple of weeks in regards to healing, but oh God, we want more. We want more. We're not settling, oh God, for what for what we've seen, Father. We believe that there's a there's a territory that needs taking, and Father, you're just empowering us to go and take the territory. So, oh God, I pray, oh God, don't, Father, don't let us settle, don't let us rest. Don't let us just, just be rejoicing in that we've seen a few healings. But, oh, God, I pray, Father, Lord, that you'll, you'll release the fullness. Lord, let this river take us outside. Let it propel us into the highways and byways. Let it flow into the city, into the streets, into people's homes. Let it flow into the nation. Let it flow beyond our nation into nations. Oh, God, what your river's doing here, Lord. Father, let, it, let, let your troops become willing on the day of battle. You're stretching out your scepter from Zion. Father, you you're giving us victory in the midst of our enemies. You're giving us the Jew of heaven. You're returning the, the youth, the strength of our youth. This is from your own hand. And Father, you give us the strength of our youth so that we can fight the spiritual battles and take the territory. Oh my God, return to us the youth. Return to us our youth. Restore to us, oh God, heaven's strength. Oh, come on, church. Ask for your strength. Ask for his strength. If you're gonna boast, boast in God. If you're gonna fight, fight in God. Not fight with God, fight in God. Let his strength